1: This is episode 71. We are actually doing a three-part interview with Whitney Russell Stabile, and she is the owner and founder of Brave Haven Counseling based in North Texas. So if you want to know more about her practice, make sure you go back to episode 70. But here today we're going to talk about Enneagram Numbers 2, 3, and 4 and their relationships with food, body, other humans. It's going to be great. Yes, and you might recognize the last name, uh, the book that we just Wrapped Up is The Path Between Us with Suzanne Stabile. So Whitney has studied under her mother-in-law and is very knowledgeable when it comes to the Enneagram. And again, I just love her unique approach to taking Enneagram types and using it to share our relationship with food and body image. Right. All right. So we're going to hop into the interview. So here we go. Let's do it. Okay, are we ready to move on to the heart feeling triad? Okay, yeah. twos, threes and fours, hit us with it. Twos, threes and fours. <laughs>
0: um, so the thing about twos, threes and fours, is they have big feelings and they often don't know their own feelings. They often like know the feelings of others, um, but it's hard for them sometimes to know their own feelings. Fours usually are a little bit better at it. Um, because they're very internally focused, where twos are like externally focused. So twos, like they just like, are like sponges, they're just absorbing the emotions of everyone else. And so an analogy that Suzanne often talks about with twos is that they can walk into a room and like needs of other people are just shouting at them. And it's hard for them to like not go to that need because it is just like shouting in their face. And I don't like when she said that, I was like, I don't know what that's like.
1: <laughs> and all
0: the two in the room are like nodding their heads, like, yes, absolutely. And I'm like, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> a bad person that I've never felt that.
1: <laughs> my dad's a two. And I just, you know, growing up and doing things and going to social events with him, I think that's where I developed this, like, looking to see who needs help is how it translates in my mind. But then after reading the Enneagram, like that analogy you just gave, it's like he, what, he was truly doing it because it was in his face and so apparent to him. Whereas I have to be a little more mindful and
0: cognizant and look for it. Um, but for yeah. him, just natural. Like for you, it's very intentional. For him, it's automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so twos in relationships with other people, they struggle with codependency. Um, so they want to make everyone feel better. They often get kind of how they feel about themselves from their relationships with other people. So a lot of times in therapy, what I work on is like boundary setting a lot with twos, especially emotional internal boundaries that other people's feelings don't have to be their own. And they are entitled to their own feelings and to be able to say that in a relationship. And that is a little bit similar to like the twos and the nines. Sometimes they get a little bit confused because there are some similarities but it's a little bit nuanced where the two doesn't feel like their feelings are valued and so they're not going to say it or they feel like if they express the feeling then they're going to be rejected which is going to make them feel unloved and un- like unwanted. But it I mean it looks a little similar to where like the nines are avoiding conflict for the sake of conflict because they hate it and twos it's just that kind of like I'm going to be unloved or unwanted. So it's a lot of boundary setting and working on how you can be your own person and not have to take care of the needs of all these other people. So a lot of self-care, self-care is like number one for a two. And so I have a lot of two moms that come and they're just like doing all the things for all the people and have nothing left for themselves and an analogy that I use a lot with them is this analogy of, like, the vase and, um, like, a glass vase. And so there's all these cups around the glass vase that they're having to constantly, like, tip over and pour water into. And all those cups represent, like, all the different needs of other people. And so eventually, like, once the glass vase doesn't have any water in it, it's just kind of, like, bouncing around. And it breaks because it's just, like, tipping over constantly. But if the vase stands tall on its own and pours water into it, then water will spread like overflow from the vase into all the other cups without really having to do anything. And so that's what I—that's the analogy I often use with clients um, to help them to remember and to see that there's actually a purpose to them doing self-care and that self-care is productive in that way so that they can eventually be better able to help other people. It's a really good visual. I love it.
1: Do you think, is it that feeling of selfishness if they're taking care of their needs as opposed to meeting the needs of others? Is that a common feeling or is that not accurate? I don't know.
0: From what I understand it is that they feel selfish. Okay. Mm-hmm. That their, their needs aren't really important when it comes to relationships, that the needs of other people are much more important than theirs. In terms of body image, twos will often try to manipulate their body in a way to get a certain image in order to receive love from someone. So, you know, there's all different reasons why somebody, and when I say manipulates their bodies, I'm talking about like through exercise or food or, you know, like whatever it might be. Um, but that is one of the primary reasons for twos why they feel like they need to look a certain way is because they feel like that's one of the only ways they're going to receive love and be desirable and attract that. Um, And it kind of fulfills that unmet need for them. So just knowing and working on your relationship with your body and that you can desire your body no matter what it looks like and take care of your body and love your body no matter what it looks like. And it doesn't have to be part of this relationship with this other person kind of, again, those boundaries there. Um, another thing about twos very similar to nines is that twos often numb their emotions because they are feeling so many emotions of other people. They numb with food. Um, so there are a lot of twos, um, especially like later in life when they have more people to take care of, that there leads to like more binge eating or overeating more numbing with the food and not being able to experience their own emotions. Tips for people who are in relationships with twos. One is allow the two to say no to you. And like, be okay with them saying no to you. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for them to say no. And from what I, what I tell my clients is like, you need to say no. And that's a really hard step, but the harder step is reinforcing the No. They're like, well, I set a boundary, and then they didn't respect it. So I was kind of like, whatever. It's like, okay, well, you have to hold the boundary up. The part of the like part of the difficulty of setting boundaries is holding the boundary. And so, if you're in a relationship with someone who's a two, and they say no, respect the no.
1: That's good information, especially if the saying no is hard to do in the first place, especially for certain numbers on the enneagram. But then withholding the boundary that's where do you have any like mindset things that, that you could tell a two right now like how to withhold the boundary and be like remember the goal or or <laughs> how how to say no the second time like, does yeah. that make sense yeah like you said no you get a little pushback mm-hmm. okay yes <laughs> how do you say no again is it just but I said no or
0: is it like no means no not try harder like what I What I say a lot of times is that kind of like Brene Brown mentality of boundaries are actually the most compassionate thing to do for other people, like setting boundary or letting them know how they can interact with us and where like where our boundaries are is really helpful for other people. And it's helpful for them to know how to be in relationship with us. So you're actually being compassionate by telling this person, Hey, I don't like to be treated like that, or I'm. This is not acceptable to me, and you need to uphold it so that you can continue to have that relationship with that person.
1: I like that mindset shift. You are
0: you are teaching them how to be lo-
1: how to love me. This is the best way to love me is by <laughs> respecting my no. Yeah, you're actually helping others know how to treat you. <laughs> so by
0: <laughs> you're being helpful. Good job too out there with holding boundaries. <laughs> um for so for threes very similar to the twos threes really like to kind of project that image and it's kind of whatever image is that part of the group that they are in so but well I mean like from the last that I knew about you Farron your husband like flipped houses and so I'm sure like he presents an image that is congruent with that kind of job and with those kind of people. Absolutely. I think
1: some people stereotype threes as being the ones that are keeping up with the Joneses as far as, you know, trying to portray that. But he very much is, uh, I think he loves his knowledge in that business and in that field and wants, you know, uh, he. I don't know if he's not he likes to be receive respect for the knowledge that he knows and what he's achieved and done and his the properties and such kind of are his representation um not much his physical appearance if anyone knows Jacob he's lucky if he matches (laughs) (laughs) khakis would think go with everything but he'll find a way (laughs) to make khakis cargo shorts not go with something. <laughs> but uh it's not yeah. in the the monetary or the clothing yeah. style. It's in like you said, in his field, knowledge yeah. capacity and all
0: that stuff. Yes. So like he wants to look and be successful in the field that he's in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it is that like achievement oriented, goal oriented way. And so something that I like to talk to threes about is like being appreciative of the journey of getting to that goal. But the goal ne- not, isn't necessarily the end all be all and the most important thing, but the journey and the experience along the way is really important too. And to be in tune to that, it's really hard for threes to be in the present moment. Threes are future oriented. So they're. I don't know if y'all know about stances. Y'all no. know about stances? No, a so, lot. So triads are groupings of the Enneagram numbers based on what is your dominant center of intelligence. So like we said, the anger triad, so their feelings, I'm sorry, that's not right. They're doing, so the, they're the doing triad, their primary mode of interacting with the world is through doing. And then twos, threes, and fours are the heart triad. Their primary center of intelligence is feeling, and then the others five, six, seven is thinking stances are groupings of the numbers, according to your repressed center of intelligence. So the one that you are not very good at. So everybody has a dominant, everybody has a supporting, and then you have a repressed. So the aggressive stance are repressed or feeling repressed numbers. So that's three sevens and eights. And so they have different relationships with feelings um and they're usually not like very attuned um to the feelings of others or have a hard time getting in touch with their own feelings um and so then there's the dependent stance ones twos and sixes who are thinking repressed and it's not that they're not thinking it's just that they have a different relationship with thinking than the other numbers do and then fours fives and nines are doing repressed um so that is a little bit of like where we were talking about fear and then you probably do a lot but might not do the things you're supposed to be doing (laughs) you get distracted often it's hard for you to kind of get motivated sometimes to do things Mm -hmm. you do but it's just in a very different way than the other covers yeah like inappropriate rap music is usually what it takes to get the job we
1: know everybody we know fair and vice now everyone it's (laughs) or just <laughs> so margaritas and gangster rap. Just don't mix those three together. That's just now. No, it's a party. No, invite the seven. No, Call no. Them. Uh,
0: my mom probably said invite. <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs> I blame my mother. <laughs> so, a thing about threes is that they take in feelings. So they so in that center triangle, the three, six, nine. You're both dominant and repressed in the same center. So nines are doing repressed and doing dominant. Threes are feeling repressed and feeling dominant. Sixes are thinking repressed and thinking dominant. So the threes relationship with feelings is that they walk into a room, take in the feelings of others, and then they set them aside and present themselves in a way that's going to be able to meet that image for all of those people so they use all of that feeling as information and then they put it away and then do what needs to be done kind of like the eights with their physical sensations threes are like that with feelings and emotions
1: yes and I feel like (laughs) I don't know why this is just a funny thing maybe it's not relevant but there's a lot of gross stuff he has to do like with maintenance and whatnot and so he definitely will tell me these stories. And he's like, I knew it was going to be gross, but I had to like put that aside and like get it done. And so maybe that's more like what you said with the eights, but he just, he understands the feelings of everybody in the situation in his own. And then is like, but we got to get it done. So I, I don't know how he does what he does. <laughs> <laughs> awful. The stories are just enough for me. I'm like, ah, I'm out. I don't want to do that.
0: I'll
1: tell you another one. <laughs> Find me for the after hours episode. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: <laughs> um, so, tips for people in relationships with threes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is try to encourage them to be their authentic self in some part of their world. Or because I'm sure with his like close circle of people, Jacob is the same person. Mm-hmm. But, with all these other pockets of people, he's all these different versions of himself, and so it's important for you to try to encourage him to be that person that you know he is in all those different pockets um so I have a friend like a couple um and the husband is a three, and the wife is a two, so lots of feelings in that relationship. but he's this like really high powered lawyer who like travels all over the the world basically um for this firm that he works for. And so one of the ways that he tries to be his authentic self is that there's like something about his clothing that is a little bit funky. You know, it might be like a a, like brightly colored watch or something like that underneath his like very tailored suit or a like funky pocket square or like weird socks, you know, just like somewhere where he can be like, this is me. Amidst to this image that he's projecting
1: that's good I like yeah it's my husband in like his nasty old shoes
0: with a really
1: (laughs) really nice outfit just don't look at the shoes
0: (laughs) the other thing is just to encourage them to celebrate their successes like take a moment and just enjoy and reflect on what you've done like reflect on the journey of this goal that you have achieved because a lot of times like she talked That once the goal has been met, the confetti is falling, threes are on and like they're the next thing. They're not even there with you. So encourage them to like actually stop and reflect on the journey and be there in the moment and celebrate the success and actually feel it and be a part of it. Um, And that's not only for them, but all of their people, all like all the people in a three's life want to celebrate with them too.
1: That's good. And you're absolutely right. (laughs) <laughs> he recently um he'd sold a bunch of houses to purchase an apartment complex but you can tell he's waiting to celebrate because the apartment complex isn't where he wants it to be yet so it's like but you must have got an apartment complex like that's kind, i don't know many people i can say that like that's pretty awesome but kind of yeah. in that celebration or you know being proud of it so mm-hmm.
0: And then our last number fours, um, fours have big feelings. We talk a lot about um, how fours and sevens look a lot alike as children, That a lot of times you can't tell them apart, which is really interesting. <laughs> we, we think that um, our son might be a four, but there's some, like he's a little bit confusing to us just in general, as a parent, we kind of like can't nail him down in any area. <laughs> Um, but uh we think that he might be a four but because he does have big feelings um and he does allow himself to feel the full range of emotions like in a short span of time like we can be talking to him and he is just tears like boohoo crying and then one minute later he's ecstatic and excited about something um it's a little bit of an emotional roller coaster with it <laughs> but um it's fun uh some tips for fours is that for them to understand that their feelings don't have to rule them that mm-hmm. they can choose to separate themselves from their feelings bring of that thinking and bring up some of the doing to help them get through a situation Um, and to kind of understand that feelings aren't always their friends. So fours really like their feelings. They like to be in those feelings, even some of the, the negative ones, but that's not always going to be productive or helpful for them. So just to kind of understand that they're allowed to have their feelings and they're allowed to feel their feelings. And we also like, sometimes we just like need to get up and, get something
1: done (laughs) (laughs) do do you find fours ever get um being in their feelings confused with doing just like a nine might do a bunch of things but not actually get a big task done
0: i would imagine so like so like the four because they're feeling dominant and doing repressed what often happens with fours is that they a lot of fours are like really productive um, but it's all the things that they want to do Mm -hmm. or that they like get so fours love that like richness and that texture out of life so they'll do all the things that bring that to their life and not do the mundane things of life like going grocery shopping or taking care of their house and like cleaning and paying bills and stuff like that Mm -hmm. those like normal life things I have a friend who she's a dietitian and she loves food, like loves food. Food is an experience to her. So she's a four. So everything, you know, and she will, she really likes to shop this very, there might be like one or two of them in Dallas called Royal Blue Grocery, I think. But it's her favorite grocery store. She goes there. That's where she gets her groceries. And she could spend a whole day working on a pie. Like like she will make every single element from scratch like the filling, the pastry, everything. And because it's just like this experience to her. <laughs> it brings her so much joy. Mm-hmm. And whenever I've gone like traveling with her, we have to look up all the Yelp reviews for a restaurant. We can't just like go to Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Subway would be like the worst. <laughs> for her.
1: Gosh, I think we ate enough Subway on our soccer trips that I to last a lifetime. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But sometimes life is about just like sometimes you need to eat at Subway. Yep. Sometimes you need to just shop at Walmart instead of shopping at Oreo Blue Grocery. <laughs> Um, like doing the mundane things it sucks for force but sometimes that's what like has to be done in order to continue functioning that day and so that's a little bit of the relationship with food too is that sometimes food is just fuel like it doesn't have to be this super decadent thing it just sometimes it's just like toast in the morning and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch and subway for dinner Worst <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> day ever <laughs> <laughs> or for me, that's like, that's you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> didn't do that many, get that many dishes dirty. So it's yeah. less to have to wash later. There you go. Yeah. Have it all. My brother, I believe, is a four, and he used to eat ramen noodles and like the pre packaged orange stuff. So I, was I called him the other day. I don't know where my oldest came up with. I want to try ramen noodles. I'm like, how do you even know what that is? So I called him and he was like, oh, I don't eat that anymore. I make my own ramen from scratch. And same thing. Same thing. But uh, like the HelloFresh meals have kind of helped because they arrive at your door and you can order something, you know, out of the ordinary, but then it's all right there. And yeah, so. It doesn't have to go to Royal grocery what <laughs> well they do they do grocery yeah they have some fancy store like on the block across from their apartment building and so sometimes that's even like oh i can't it's, it's too <laughs> no they they do enjoy going there but they love it because again it, it's got a lot of unique things that they don't have at the walmart's so not with the walmart's and at the well, world <laughs>
0: Um, two things about fours, um, that's also kind of about other people, but also about food is that one of them, you know, fours have this like push pull with other people. And so sometimes if you're in a relationship with four and they're kind of in the pushing moment, just give it time. They'll come back around, you know, they'll, it's a little bit of a safety mechanism for them to push you away, but they'll come back around most of the time. Um, But they also have that push-pull relationship with food. And so it can be really hard for a four to find balance with food because I might be like, oh, my gosh, I want all the food. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to restrict now um, these things. And so it's really hard for them to find balance with food. Also, the four has that just natural kind of internal longing um, that they are searching for people to fill. And sometimes they try to fill it with food. And food is never going to satisfy that longing. And so that's something just for fours to be aware of. Um, people in relationship with fours, like I said, they're going to do the push-pull thing, kind of ride it out, <laughs> ride the wave, so to speak. <laughs> um, and also in a relationship with fours, a question to ask is, um Tell me what you want and I'll tell you whether I can give it to you or not. So that's a question that Suzanne has talked about a lot. Um, Because do you often have like this great want and desire um, for things? And sometimes they want it to be this very specific thing, but have trouble communicating it. So if somebody's in a relationship with four, asking them, what is it that you want? And I'll tell you whether I can give it to you or not. That's good. Another helpful tip for people who are in relationships with fours is, um, to allow them to have their feelings. Like the worst thing that you could do is to be invalidating and telling them that they shouldn't feel that way. And, and it could be as simple as like somebody's upset about, I don't know, they're, they, missed the premiere of a movie or something like that it's like well you shouldn't be disappointed you can go see it tomorrow like that sounds like it would be fine and the four would be like I'm allowed to be upset about this (laughs) tell me what I should and should not be (laughs) that's awesome don't tell me my feelings yeah don't tell me my feelings that is for sure
1: (laughs) That wraps up episode 71, the Path Between Us miniseries, and we have interviewed, we're in the middle of the interview, with Whitney Russell Stabile, and we just went over Enneagram 2, 3, and 4. Golly. She just keeps coming with more and more great information. I definitely know a couple twos and threes that I'm going to send this episode to. Oh, for sure. You know how someone's just so well-versed with a topic, they they just, wisdom flows from their pores, and you're like, how does that even happen? Yes. (laughs) It was great. Be sure to check, it, check out next week's episode. We'll be covering Enneagram numbers 5, 6, and 7. See you there. We help busy Christians get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team, creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash wittyandgritty. We've included the link in the show notes. You can also find the link on our site at wittyandgritty.blog. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this miniseries. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.